This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Red. This week at the round table of not quite as dim as it used to be lighting. Oh. We're going to be exploring the question, what happens when two friends go on opposite vacations? Opposite vacations. Well, I'll come back to that, but yeah, we we brighten it up a little bit. I mean, not too much. Can you go too dim? I, I think, think we, the, I, yes. I think we did for quite a while. <laughs> so I just got bright- tired of looking at uh, you know, cuz I I watch I listen back and I watch back. Yeah, we got to get those views. You subscribed? Yeah, youtube.com/earbiscuits if you want to watch us talk. And uh, I just was like, I just think it's too dim. Yeah. Just too dim. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's our problem. It's <laughs> just too dim. We don't, we, there is no problem. We don't have a problem. Well, you're, you're watching you're not, in droves. You're not going to tell them what really happened. Uh, what really happened? Yeah, the Ke- light. Keiko, I'm very happy with what you're doing with the lighting. The, the, Thank the, you. the lighting adjusted a little bit, and it's it's brighter, and and we like it. So the question, hope, hope you do, is what happens with two friends going opposite vacations? One to the icy heights of a mountain, and the other to the fiery depths of hell. <laughs> That's right. I took. I took my wife on a pre-Valentine vacation. I know it's Valentine's long gone by now. Um, to uh, to hell, to visit Satan himself. <laughs> vacation no, to hell. No, it, no, we went to the uh, to the luxurious Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Mexico, I love it. I love it down there. Beautiful it's warm. Place. There's no snow, man. It was the opposite of what you did. Now I and I, that wasn't. In, I mean, people asked if that was intentional. Uh, I you know a I, little fire and ice. I almost posted on. I saw what you posted on Instagram with you uh, lying down in the sand. Oh, shout out to Link Lamont on Instagram. <laughs> you, you, you almost forgot your Instagram handle. Um, I would know. I was waiting for you to take over. And, oh, I'm not going to shout you out. I shout me out. You shout you out. It's it's a beautiful arrangement. Um, I was going to do a post like yours, but lying in the sand, I mean in the snow. But it was like, uh, who am I gonna get to take this? Yeah. I was kinda out there and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give my phone to Shepard. That's not gonna work. So uh, I just took a picture of my face. Probably got more likes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it's about for me, man. It's about my personal Let's not get back into that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go there. But yeah, we're like fire and ice vacations, which reminds me of fire and ice, the basketball players from North Carolina State University. Chris Corciani and Rodney, Rodney Monroe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Rodney Monroe. So who's Chris Corciani and who's Rodney Monroe? Chris Corciani was the was the point guard. He was the dribbler and the passer. R- Rodney Monroe was the two guard, always shooting the shots. But who do you think? You know who was fire and ice. Are you asking me? Are you of asking us, the... man? Which one of us is? I know oh. Chris Corciani was the point guard and Ronnie Monroe was the two guard. But which one's fire and ice? Oh, that is a good question. I, I know. Uh, I think. Well, if when you're on fire, you're making baskets, and when you ice, you're like you're cool under pressure. So one of them was making lots of baskets and the other one, I think Chris Corciani was ice because he no, was cool. No, man. Chris Corciani was fired because he was like super intense and like just like crazy. Running around like crazy and with a Rod- bowl cut. Rodney was cool as ice and smooth, super smooth. And this was like the early 90s. 
Mm, this was the late 80s. Really? I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. But who of us is the fire and who's the ice? I'm the fire down in Cabo. I'm like Chris Corciani running around on the beaches. You're like ice up there freezing your took us off trying to ski. I'll take that, I'll take ice. Ronnie Monroe had a, um, a, had line. a close cropped haircut with one line carved in it and it was in the middle I believe. It, I think it, it, it moved. moved from time to time, it depended on his mood. It's kind of like the Eichel glaciers, yeah. kind of slowly shifting. Chris Corjani became a real estate agent, agent in Raleigh, <laughs> and his son played for state, but did not get a lot of PT. <laughs> I think it was what they call a legacy, a legacy spot on the team. Okay, and uh, but if we're talking about it. And everybody's riveted. <laughs> uh, Guys, we don't know, have any idea what you're talking about right now. Before we get into our vacation, like, uh, you know, as is the ear biscuit practice to bring each other fully up to speed on what happened because we kept it from each other in order to share it with each other and you at the same time. May I give a blow dryer relationship update? Because in a in a recent ear biscuit conversation. I was talking about blow drying my body with my hair dryer when I get out of the shower and you said, you t you've talked about that before. You're always talking about it and that's right. I got an, I got an update. Matter of fact. Okay, keep talking about it then. I've got a, I got a PSA, a public service announcement that I discovered this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like me, take a shower, exit the shower and then go straight to your hair dryer, blow dryer, whatever you wanna call it. Turn that thing on to give yourself a nice, crisp and warm, dry feeling, not only on your hair, not only on your armpits, but also in your crotch area, like I unapologetically do, with no judgment from my tall friend with a furrowed eyebrows, then I've got news for you. Take your old toothbrush like I did this morning. <laughs> I don't know what you think I'm about to say, but it's not that bad. Okay. Take the back off of your blow dryer and brush the back of your blow dryer because that vent where it sucks in all the air is getting is getting clogged up with dust and whatnot. I looked at the back of my hair dryer and that thing just, it had a, I was like, it looks dusty in there. I gotta get a toothbrush to get it out. And I got, I, I thought about filming this for my Instagram. I should have sure. done it. It, it, would, it, <laughs> Quite was so, it was so satisfying. <laughs> To brush out all of you this. took you took you unscrewed the back. Th there was like a or just did there the was a superficial filter, like a netting thing on the outside, and then there was another filter hidden inside of there, and it was easily turn a little bit and pull it off, and whoo, there it is. And I toothbrushed out all of this lint. I'm like, man, this is satisfying. I should have Instagrammed it. Now we're back to where I was in the story. Then I'm like, did I put, it improve the blow? I put the cap back on and. No exaggeration, three times the blowing power. You were really clogged up. Like, how, I mean. How old is this? How long you had this dryer? You share, you, maybe a year. you have your own dryer and your wife has a different one? Or are you um, both sharing? Chris, Christy came in right after I'd, I'd finished and um, still naked but totally dry everywhere. She couldn't find a wet spot on me. I could have rolled around in flour and nothing would have stuck. Well. She said, she didn't say anything, in fact. I said, Christy, and I pulled out my toothbrush that had all this lint on it. I'm like, 
you can use my toothbrush to clean out your hair dryer. She's like, I use that one. I'm like, whoa, you use this one? Well, <laughs> I got news for you. You're about to get three times the blowing power. You thought she had her own hair dryer? I, I thought she did, yeah. Wow, you guys need to talk more. <laughs> it was in the middle drawer, but I thought she had one over there and I thought it was exclusive. I didn't realize I was doing her a big favor. And I was disappointed when she wasn't as excited as I was, but she didn't turn it off. Tomorrow morning, she's gonna turn that thing on. Whoa, it's gonna blow her away. It's gonna blow her across the room. She's gonna, she's gonna hit the back wall. Maybe you need like a, it was amazing an air filter in your bathroom if you've got that much dust. Mm, that's a good point because the only thing that's filtering right now is the hair dryer <laughs> as it's occasionally used. Oh no, I don't use it occasionally. It's like I the, use it the lung of your bathroom. I use it constantly. That's right. Hold on. Do you are you are you? You're, I know you squeegee off. Oh, you yeah. towel off and then you blow dry. All right, guys. He's engaged. He's engaged in this conversation. Yeah, I fully I squeeze you with my hands. I but fully you don't dry go, off not, with you, the. You don't fully cover towel. the body. You you cut you go, f head, under arms and crotch. I I I towel off every square inch of my body, okay, but with a blow dryer. But you yeah. don't like go up and down your legs with a blow dryer. No, the only the only the hairiest areas need to be blow dry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you blow dry and it's, your it's hair great, completely in that moment? Yeah. So you get your hair completely dry I get before it. you style it? I, now that my hair is a little longer, it helps. I use less pomade that way. You know that I recently, not recently, but like in the past. Mythical pomade, I might add. Year and a half to two years. Uh, basically all my adult life I had blow dried my hair as I was, I mean ever since the hair's gone up, which is for a decade or whatever. Uh -huh. I, I, I blow dried or is it blue dried? Blue dried. What, what, what verb do you conjugate when in blow dry? Blue, 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 blown dried? Blown dried, yeah. <laughs> I've blown dried <laughs> my hair for a decade. And then I decided to stop. Dry blown. Uh, doing that and instead I towel dry the hair just a little bit. Yeah. And then I put the pomade, I put the mythical pomade in my hair while it is wet and let it air dry. I've been there. And that creates more activity in my hair, you know, more interest, more of a wave. But then I have to sometimes even pay more attention to my hair after I get to work because it's like it's dry right. and then I gotta fiddle with right. it again and that's if kind of want, a pain. If but. you want height, you want your hair to be drier when you apply product. I'm not saying fully dry. But if you want interest and activity. Yeah, you might wanna stay, you might wanna. Stay away from the blow dryer. I haven't touched a blow dryer in years. I, Two, I'll give you all the lint months, from actually. my blow dryer. You can deposit it in the back of your blow dryer and then use it. Well, I got, and it will be so inadequate. My wife got the Dyson that I don't even oh know where God. the filter is. In fact, it seems That's like. $5,000 blow dryer. It seems like magic. It's just a circle. It's the same thing that Anna uses here. I'm kind of jealous. You should I mean, get one of those. It's not $5,000, but it is a, that is the most expensive. It is an expensive hair dryer. It's, I, I've been thinking about getting one because. Well, you can't put a toothbrush in it, I'll tell you that much. Mm. Don't try that. So. Well, we can keep listen, talking about this forever. Hashtag Air Biscuits, let me know how much better your life is now that your hair dryer has been brushed. And we are gonna talk about our fire and ice vacations, but first we wanna let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Quip. One of the most important things we do for our health every day 
and we, I mean humans, is brush our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly and Quip is an electric toothbrush designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, enjoyable, and proper, just like Hammer would say. Did, by us, did you mean also mean humans? I mean all humans. Okay, I thought you were talking about me and you, man. I thought it was like a moment. <laughs> I thought a moment. it was just us, but it's <laughs> all humans. Okay, up to 90% of us, and by us, I mean all humans. Uh, don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly, but Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. Setting the pace. Quip also comes with a multi-use cover that mounts to your mirror and unmounts to slide over your bristles for on-the-go brushing. That means less clutter on our sink or cabinet, and by our, I mean our human cabinet, and makes travel with an electric toothbrush easier. I love actually putting the cover putting the toothbrush in the cover because it's got this satisfying snap. Just the process of that? Yeah, it's got a satisfying snap to it. Just like a sausage, <laughs> a good sausage. Yeah. And this is why we love Quip, but we ain't the only ones. Quip has thousands of verified five-star reviews and is backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com slash ear, you can get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash ear. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. Just go to stitchfix.com slash ear, tell them your sizes, what styles you like, how much you wanna spend on each item, then you're gonna be paired with your very own personal stylist, Ooh. Fancy, who will handpick five items to send right to your dough. Then what you do is you try them on and you pay only for what you love and then you return the rest because shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. And on top of that, Stitch Fix's styling fee is only 20 bucks which is applied toward anything you keep from your shipment. Let me tell you right now, you're not going to find a stylist. If you just like go in the phone book, because <laughs> that's where you go now, right? Yeah, just, just, if you're thumbing through the phone if book. If you go to the stylist section of the phone book, which I know you visit on a regular basis. You're disappointed. You're not gonna find anyone to come style you for $20. That is not going to happen. And with Stitch Fix, there is no subscription required. You can sign up to receive scheduled shipments or get your fix whenever you want. And the sign up process is very easy. And we've talked before on here about how much we hate shopping, mm -hmm. which is why we love Stitch Fix and this concept. It takes all the hassle out while helping you look trendy, mm. like a trendy daddy, like us. That's what we are, trendy daddies. Two trendy daddies. Get started now at stitchfix.com ear and get an extra 25% off when you keep all five items in your box. That's stitchfix.com ear to get started today. Stitchfix.com ear. A little bit of a tongue twister, and I may have not said it completely right, but I think you got it. Now back to the biscuit. So how do we wanna do this? I mean, I could talk more about hair dryers. I had a hair idea for a hair dryer that's exclusively for men. I know that sounds sexist, but that's what, marketing is just hoodoo. Hoodoo. Like BS. Like a, a man and a woman's hair dryer need not be different. I mean, my wife and I, not to my knowledge, but in, in fact, trueness, do use the same hair dryer. But men it, and women it, can use the same hair dryer, but, but I do think. But if you convince men and women that they ha need to have different hair dryers, right. like, like they've convinced women that they have, have, they have to have a different razor. 
They, yep. They've done that. Yeah, they've they, convinced, they, they convinced them. They, they did it. They've convinced men that they have to have different hair dye. Right. Oh, Same stuff. Yeah, just, yeah, for, yeah. just for men. Yeah, you got it. Uh, Not yeah. for women. Your hair is different. Right. It's unnaturally dark for way too long and you need to get a grip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've done that very successfully. <laughs> right, we can do that with a hair dryer. Right. It's they've, called the bro dryer. They've convinced women that they have to have a razor. Did you hear that? A the bro, bro dryer. dryer. That's good. Well, I don't. I, I, I just mean, made that up. Man. I think it's great marketing. I, I don't wanna feed into it though. Yeah. I don't wanna feed into making men and women think that they have to have different products to serve the same purpose. Uh, women don't need. He's got a pair of testicles hanging from it. A, oh, no, that, he's got a beard hanging from it. A bulbous pink thing that looks like an alien remote control in order to shave their legs. They don't need right. that. That's right, that's right. But, but men needed their own blow dryer. I do like that bro dryer idea. Gets the job done. The bro dryer gets the job done. That's the, that's the slogan. Mm. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, <laughs> I did just on Instagram buy a shaver. <laughs> what? That was, <laughs> that is intended for manscaping. Okay, only. Not womanscaping. <laughs> you can't escape a woman, right? With it. But it's like <laughs> you don't need that. It's you, just, you, it, I it, loved. It's, I it's loved watching just, you. It's just like decided else. if you were going to share this that like you had fallen for your own tricks. And then there's a they they sent me these wipes, men wipes, and it said ball wipes on them. Oh gosh, seriously? Yeah, I was like, well, I need to wipe my balls. I don't know. <laughs> what, what? What? Yeah, I I I haven't opened them. Can I borrow a few? <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's, we gotta test that out. Let's talk about this, bro. <laughs> so you went to Mammoth. I went to we, Mammoth. We, we teased all this. I mean, so in in the last episode, so and, people already knew okay. you went to Mammoth. So I'll just get right to it. Fire and ice. Uh, it's never been more fitting because, speaking of ice, I know I I think I I said this in a in a tweet or an Instagram or something. I don't know. Between, it's never as fresh as it's about to be. Between the week, so the weekend before I got to Mammoth to ski, they received 11 feet of snow. They received it. They received it. Now 11 feet is a is a <laughs> crap ton of snow. That's an unbelievable amount of snow. I mean, we're talking like basketball backboard height. Like halfway up the backboard. Now, the weekend I was there. Like Rodney Monroe would have trouble with that. They received. Another four feet of snow. So by the time all was said and done, 15 feet of snow. Wow. And I was. Well, at least it's good to know that global warming isn't a thing. <laughs> There's not, uh, you know, forget yeah. about climate change. I see what you're, where you're going with that, Link. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Link's being sarcastic. <laughs> Link understands the difference between climate and weather, unlike some people who tweet quite a bit about that. I'm pushing Rhett's button right now. <laughs> um, so I um, I was nervous about the trip because we had to leave for London, which we'll talk about next next week. <laughs> um, we teaser, we had to leave for London the day after I got back, the, like the morning after I got back. Yeah, and if you get back, I mean, with 12, 11 feet of snow. Well, and I knew this other storm was coming in, and I was just like. I've heard, and, and then I was talking to uh, um, someone, I don't know who, I can't okay. remember who it was, yeah. but they they were like, last time I went to Mammoth, I got snowed in. In fact, 
Last couple of times I went to Mammoth, I've gotten snowed in, and I was like, oh, that, I can't miss, I can't not go to London. And so I'm beginning to worry, and I wanna be very prepared. Now, I know that once you go up into the mountains, a lot of times, chains will be required for your tires. Now, in previous trips to Mammoth, we've and Big Bear, we've had to have chains for the tires in the car, like carrying chains is required in the winter if you're gonna go to these mountainous regions, right? And I'm assuming that applies to lots of places around the country, around the world. Yeah. But I've never had to apply them. And this is one of those moments where it's like dad mode engaged. Oh. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, it is possible that I go up there and I get to a spot in the road and they've got a sign that says chains required and at that point, I gotta put the chains on the tires. And so I feel like I gotta practice. Okay, so you bought the chains. Well, <laughs> so it turns out that the chains that I had weren't quite the right size. I put them on for you, two, they two were nights for your, before. For your previous car, you owned them or you ordered the wrong ones? Uh, I think that Jesse had gone to. Throwing Jesse under the bus. No, no, she, she went and told him what kind of car we had and then they gave us the chains at like a by you know an auto zone or something like that and they just gave us the wrong ones um i'm not so it wasn't auto zone i don't know what it was i don't want to throw any particular chain under the bus <laughs> chain but the um, get it but it was oh yeah i don't think she said this is exactly the size of tire so it probably would have worked but then when i i called my local place after i put these ones on and I, you were in your driveway. You were like at home putting I'm on in the, the driveway, practicing, and they were too big. They were a little bit too big. How would you? Would you have known? No, I wouldn't have known if they were too big. How would you have guessed that the chains go onto your tires? You lay it out. You drive on it exactly. And then you, you pick it up like a diaper on a baby, and you link it on the other side. Not how it happens. That's what I thought it would have been too. Okay. You do not. You do not drive onto it. You take it, at least the ones that I that I got. You the car is stationary, and you drape the chain over the tire. Okay. And then you reach around the bottom, fasten, and then you come around the top, around around the front, and fasten. And then there's like a tensioner that tightens it, and then they give you this extra thing that's like a bungee cord with hooks on it, and it grabs the ring that's on this side of the outside of the tire and kind of tightens everything down. It's actually, and I'm sure there, there's other ones that go on differently, but it's remarkably easy. I got the kind that. But you could tell that it was too big. Yeah, but then I went and got the right ones and practiced again and I was like, I think I can do this. Oh wow, so that was the time that you spent that you could have been putting on my carrier that you refused and I'm still yeah. kind of sour about. Yep. I'm glad I didn't take their carrier because the place I stayed, the clearance for parking was six foot eight and my car would have been too tall with a carrier. Okay, well that's good for both of us. I would have just taken your carrier and I would have just set it in the snow somewhere and it would have gotten four feet on top of it and it would still be in Mammoth, under snow. So you're welcome for not taking your carrier. Um, <clears throat> I get up to Mammoth and uh, I, I start to see lots of snow. Like it went from no snow, like I, I don't know. I can't you ever, imagine 11 feet of snow. Have you, ever dri have you ever driven up, you've never driven up there, No, right? never been up there. So you drive through this thing called the Owens Valley, which is, there's all this history of the Owens Valley and how there was this giant lake up there and then uh, Mulholland who 
Mulholland Drive is named after and lots of things in LA are named after. So this, it, this like guy. Owen Wilson's hanging out up there, Terrell Owens. Uh, this guy owned uh, or worked for the LADWP, Department of Water and Power, and then he bought a bunch of land, all the privately available land in this valley, and that gave him the water rights to oh. this giant lake that they basically drained, and this is where we, where LA got a bunch of its water from, and now all this water that comes into this valley is pumped to Los Angeles. It's quite quite interesting if you're interested in the history of the water of Los Angeles. That's another podcast. But though. anyway, the trip up there is just this desolate nothingness with a couple of towns that you come to. Like there'll be a town and then there'll be like 50 miles and nothing except just these mountain ranges on each side. We went through. But beautiful. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You know Lone Pine, you probably heard of this town. Um, there's been like 100 movies shot in Lone Pine, including Django Unchained and a bunch of other ones that you've heard of. Uh -huh. And the mountains right outside of Lone Pine, look, I kinda looked at them, I was like, that looks like the Himalayas. Like the way that the, it was these rocky mountains, just straight rocks uh -huh. with wow. uh, snow on them. And then I started reading about it on my phone once I was up at Mammoth and they were like, often filmmakers use the mountains outside of Lone Pine to pass for the Himalayas in low budget movies. What's well, like? Ha! Didn't you feel validated? Ah, ooh, that's right, buddy. You felt low budget validated. Anyway, uh, we get very close to Mammoth, and uh, I see the sign: "Chains required." And my heart rate goes up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is the moment of truth. I've got to pull off to the side of the road. Keep in mind that not only are they getting snow, but it's seven degrees. Ooh, was it snowing we, at the moment at that time? Uh, it was a, just a, a teeny bit of snow was starting. Was there starting. snow on the street? No snow on the ground. The snow, first of all, I wasn't all the way to Mammoth and so they, the machines they have that get the snow off of the road, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing how efficient they are at getting mounds and mounds of snow off of the road and then of course because they sought the road, there was nothing on the road, it was completely dry but it was like preemptively putting on chains. Okay. Some people weren't stopping, some people I found out later why some people were continuing to go, but I pull over. I was so prepared. I had a headlamp. Was it night? It was already you dark. Just wanted to wear a headlamp because you had it. I had a headlamp. I had another little light that I put under the car. I had a tarp or a tarpaulin is the full name for that. Like a tarpaulin. <laughs> yeah, and I so you get down on the ground. You laid out a blanket for yourself. I dadded so hard. You got on look, my tarp. Look, kids, take a picture of me laying out on a on a tarp. And I there's people going Get my headlamp going past me, you know? And I'm out there on the tarp and reaching around and clamping it down and hoping that I'm not endangering the lives of my children and mm -hmm. wife. Yeah. That guy doesn't use a bro dryer. <clears throat> I eventually got it on Sticks there. Sticks his head out the window of his Harley. And then I get back into the car and I start driving down the dry pavement with the chains on the tires. It can't be good for and anything. I'm, and then I'm like, where's the snow? Like, I don't feel right about this. And I'm like, Jesse, Google how fast, I was going like 40. I was like, Google how fast you should go with chains on your tires on dry pavement. Because what did it feel like? It was crazy, but when you get to a certain speed, it kind of just all blends together and it just kind of becomes this low hum. It's, cr I mean, this literally, your rubber tires are wrapped in chains. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, 20, the, 20, to, 20 thir to 30. 30 miles per hour. And so I slowed it down. It took 
like 45 minutes to go the last like 10 miles. Uh, and eventually once we got to Mammoth, there was still no snow, like the, very little snow on there. There's a couple of icy patches or whatever, but chains were still required. But once you got into town, that was when they had taken, it was like driving through a corn maze, but the corn was snow. So like you're, wow. you can't see anything except these huge snow banks. Like shops? Everywhere, like I don't know how they so quickly got access to everything, like every parking lot and every restaurant and every shop was completely cleared but they had just moved all the snow and snow obviously compacts a whole lot. Like if you've got 11 feet of snow, 15 feet of snow, that's just falling fresh, you mm. can squish all that down into, I don't know, a couple of feet. But they probably had salted it so the stuff melted. It wasn't like they the had road to push was, it. The road was still dry but you were driving through this corn maze did of you, snow. Corn maze, did you, did you take photos of this? I don't know. Maybe. Now, did it was anybody else driving with chains? Yeah, once I got into town, everybody had them on. Everybody, because it, it was you're validated. It was required because you were thinking maybe I should pull over and take them back off, but that would be admitting defeat. Yeah, but it was just one of those moments where I was just dads like, don't do that. I could have paid. In fact, there were dudes out there. Dad don't defeat charging forty dollars for to to put the chains on for you just to put them on. They didn't have chains. They just. Had, had the service. Had tarpaulin probably. Yeah, and they were like dressed like firemen, which I found interesting and ironic considering you were on a fire vacation. All right, so we, <laughs> all right, so we got you to Mammoth, let's get me to Cabo. Now, I went to um, a place that I had been three years earlier. Christian and I went to this place, um, I'll give a shout out to the Cape. I, I really enjoy it, this is a nice spot. I've been there once. Not a sponsor, I recommended it to you and you went. Yeah. And then I decided I was gonna go back, and I did. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, when you went back, a few months back, you didn't go back to the same place. That's you right. went to a different place. Nothing against the Cape. Nothing against the Cape, but for me, it's like I knew what I was gonna get and I wanted more of it. I'm always up for a new thing. I just, I, I'm, I just wanted to try something. Yeah, sometimes I, sometimes I want the same thing. And if I hadn't had tried something new, I wouldn't have gotten Gary to take that freaking picture of me in my watermelon outfit. Which brought me back to Instagram. Which brought, yeah, so again, I'm not be, faulting you, you I'm just be saying, happy. there's a little different psychology here between the two of us, you know. First of all, it was a shorter, it was just a, you know, a short, well, a longer weekend, so a shorter vacation, it wasn't like a whole week, so I just wanted to have this relaxing poolside, place that I was gonna go to, you know, and I could count on it, because I only had a couple of days to make the most of it. It started out much better, because the previous time that we went, we were flying down there, and some we, we were getting on the plane, and the first class was already on, and we had some friends, I'll call them acquaintances, well, let's call them friends, people who knew us, you know, it was like, hey, recognize this, and then we went back, and once we got in the air, they sent back some champagne to us. The flight attendant came up and said, this is from your friends in first class. And they brought, they gave us champagne or mimosas or who something. Was it? Who was who, what friends? It was, um, it, it was uh, Ran and, you know, it was them. Oh. So anyway, we drink the champagne and I think there was a, this weird, a weird interaction. I, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I think that Christy had taken an anxiety medication because she has problems with flying. Yes. And then we, 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 by the time we got off the plane, she's not feeling great. And then we had to take this taxi, it's like a 25 minute drive 
so we're like taking a taxi to the place and like she's not she's not looking like she feels great. This is this vacation's not starting great. Fire vacation. Uh, Fire alarm. And literally when we pulled up to the place and they like opened the door and they're like, "Hello, welcome to the resort." Like gr- like grand entrance type welcome situation and it's a beautiful place like right when you walk up to check in, you're like looking out over the the beach and it's amazing. And as I'm walking up, Chrissy's like, I've got to find a bathroom. And like she bolts past me and like I'm taking in this wonderful view and I just have this image of Chrissy just like sprinting past me, sprinting past the reception area. Turns out she asked them where's the nearest restroom but she was so far ahead of me, I didn't, I, it just looked like she didn't even stop. It just disappears. Um. She eventually comes out and tells us she found a bathroom. She was like throwing up in the bathroom oh. and stuff. And then she had to go up to the room, right when we checked into the room, she had to like lay down for two hours. It was a horrible beginning to that vacation. After that, everything got a lot better for her. <laughs> well, you know, that's one way to see it. You start um, you start that low. I don't. You're gonna have a good time. I don't, maybe I threw her under the bus with this whole medication champagne thing, but uh, that's what happened. <laughs> and then, so this time we didn't make any of those mistakes. Um, we get there and everything was good. So we got there all in one piece. And I mean, the theme of my vacation was, I don't wanna see no mountains, I don't wanna see no snow, I don't wanna do anything active like skiing. I wanted to do the opposite of you. I wanted to lay flat on the sand, take one picture for Instagram, and I wanna lay flat on a lounger, drink some drinks, read some books, be with my lovely wife, and that's it. And mission accomplished, man. It was great, um, especially because it didn't start off with her sprinting past me. There was no sprinting to any restrooms, so that's now my like measurement of success. For you, it's did I actually need the chains? Did you uh, did you have a photo shoot? No photo shoot. Hmm. Didn't need it. Again, I got my picture. I got my picture. I splayed out. Um. Well, my vacation was uh, definitely very active and it was, my intention in going on this trip was this is family practice for our spring break vacation, which is also skiing, a week of skiing. You're really doubling down on skiing. Like this is, this is. This is the year of just, this is the year of trying it. Now I, I, you know, I talked about this when we did our top moments of 2018 and remember skiing as a family was yeah. one of my top 10. Um, and so I really wanna enjoy that week and, I, and it, it, there's a little bit of a dad kind of making everybody do this element to yeah. the skiing thing. Um, Cause Jessie is, she, she can ski but she got hurt last time she went and she's just like, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna read. And that's what she's gonna do when we go to spring break. She's actually looking forward to just relaxing and lodging it up. Yeah, and so, but I was like, okay, so this is me, basically about me kind of getting the kids a little bit better so they mm-hmm. can really enjoy, and also so they can we can all kind of keep up with each other. So Shepard can keep up with with me and Locke, and I'm not I'm no expert, so I don't, and I keep it pretty slow. But Locke sprained his ankle three days before we left, like bad enough that he couldn't ski. Yeah, I mean, it's still, he wouldn't be able to ski right now. It's good, there's, he's gonna be well just when we're going 
Oh wow. To Colorado and at that point, he may get re-injured, who knows, hopefully not. Well was he like, were you there when he injured in a game or something? Yeah, a basketball practice, it wasn't a game, basketball practice. Was he like wallowing around on the ground? I wasn't there. I just knew that he thought he had broken it. It was it was a, like a bad sprain, like one of those that like stays with you for a while. And sometimes bad sprains can be worse than breaks, but it's not that bad. It's not like a high, what a high sprain. I think it's a low sprain. Did you ask him if he cried? Uh, no. I think he said he wanted to. He was like, "It hurt so bad, I wanted to cry." Yeah, but you know, McLaughlin's we don't cry. Oh gosh, and we don't take the chains off once we put them on. Um, that's not healthy, man. You need to you need to pass along some. Well, I I think you should be able to cry. Uh, I, <laughs> I know think, you were joking. I think you should be able to to cry from feelings, emotional feelings, but physical, physical hurt. I think you got to keep the tears inside. I think that's <laughs> uh, don't you know, especially at fourteen. I'm a little. <laughs> I'm a little. You're, my, my, you're almost a man. <laughs> I'm well. I'm concerned about. Okay, so it's just you and Shepard out there. But eleven feet of snow. I know that that at a certain point it gets a lot more difficult to ski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. It, it had gotten that. And I recently. Cause you could, cause when we went, uh, the, the first time, the last time we went with our friend to Park, Eric. Park City. I was still snowboarding and you were trying to ski. You had switched over. And it, we were currently, it, that, that's the story where I lost my phone and in the blizzard. We oh prob- yeah. probably have told that. But it was very similar to that, that if skiing in powder, in fresh powder snow is a completely different experience, especially when you really, I transitioned to skiing last year or so or two years ago. So it's uh yeah, it was it was very difficult when I got into the plate and I and I will tell you exactly how difficult it was when I got to the top of the mountain. But I recently upped uh the douche factor in my life. You know, I'm always trying to do that a little bit. I didn't know you had any more margin um by getting uh my own custom fitting ski boots. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm getting into this at this point. And you go and you rent, the. my feet are done growing, right? You go. One's bigger than the other, we and, talked about right, that. Right, and you go and you rent, and you and you never know what you're gonna get, and you never know what's gonna end up hurting while you're out there, and there's everybody's like, you gotta get the custom fitting boots, and there's a custom insert, so I went to this place in Studio City, I can't remember the name of it, but I highly recommend the ski boot fitting place in Studio City, and they, the, the guy spends time with you and you take your your shoes off and he like puts your foot in this mold and he makes basically a custom insert to go into this thing and picks the right boot for you based on your foot shape. Was it like a m- mold? Like they poured something around your foot? No, they don't pour it. You put your foot into this like. Slime. Um, inflatable, almost like memory foam-ish type pad and you press down and then it, this the weird vacuuming thing is taking place and then you bring your foot off of it and your footprint is completely stuck. So it's really the bottom of your foot and then with the sides of your foot, he gets it in a different way. I don't know, it takes like an hour and a half. It's pretty high tech stuff. So did you experience the benefits nirvana. of that? <laughs> Skiing nirvana. Foot nirvana. Um, yes. It was dramatically better? When your foot is ripped, the thing that most people don't realize, and I was one of these people, is that your ski boot should be much tighter than you think it should be, so that your foot is, any movement inside the boot is being immediately transferred into leverage. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if it's a little bit loose, yeah, you yeah, move yeah. your leg and then you hit the side of the boot. And so if you really want the response, if you're just, if you're, okay. yeah. if you, if you're like a you know near expert downhill skier like I am, <laughs> 
Um, so it might be a little overkill because I'm definitely not an expert, that was sarcasm. I am a 100% of the time thinking don't get hurt, 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 even while I'm having a great time. I never yeah. lose the don't get hurt, don't get hurt. And, and I've learned that I don't think that's what a lot of the people going the mountain, down the mountains are thinking about. I think they're thinking about, oh, that looks cool, do that. And I'm thinking, don't get hurt. <laughs> that looks cool, do that. Hmm. Um, but I was thinking, where did my menu go? Like I was gonna order like some fish tacos, but I cannot find the menu. Where's the waiter? Oh, there he is. Oh, and here's the menu. It's like that was kind of the adversity <laughs> that I that I faced. Well, I had. Oh, a, I had. Uh, I faced a little adversity. Okay. Well, I, I had a moment of what I thought was what, what could be near death. So you want me to save that? I'll save it after you. I, I had a near death experience. Okay. Um, I I got a massage. Um, so we now, always give our massage updates. We probably talked about massages more than anything. I'm blow dryers are starting to uh, <laughs> starting to vie for that position for me at least. But these are the things you look forward to as your body begins well, to age. I told her that my hip flexor is really messed up ever since I kicked that soccer ball on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Go hard or go home, but don't go home." So you know what that means. And of course, you told her to go hard. And then I like, I said right here it's really hurting. Like I was pointing like where my my hip flexor, right where the top of my my femur hits my hits my thigh, mm -hmm. or hits my my pelvis. And I'll tell you right now, she was she was stretching me out. Of course, I was naked under the sheet, so it's like she had this way to like take the sheet. And Christy was also in there with another masseuse. It was like a couple's massage thing. Um. But she would turn me over on my side and like pick my leg up and like try to stretch it. But she would have she'd wrap the sheet like I was wrapping a a baby in a cloth diaper. Like that's what she was doing to me. Yeah. But at certain points, my entire butt cheek was exposed and like my my knee was being pushed up across my body. That's the best part of the massage, though. It hurt really badly because of this injury I have, and I don't know that she made it better because it's still hurting. But, well, I'll put it to you this way. You know how when you're grilling chickens mm. and if you like, if you've only cut the dark meat separate from the white meat so you've got like a thigh and a leg that's still together? Yeah. And then you, you wanna know if it's done but if, you, if you're a little anxious to get it on the table and everyone's eating because it's getting a little late and everybody's hungry and you're like, Dad, where's the chicken? Mm. You take it off a little early. Never do that. And then, so you don't get that when you grab the chicken leg, you can break it from the thigh. Got a little give. And then you're sitting there grabbing the chicken leg. Before you know it, you're like ham-fisted grabbing your thigh with one hand and the chicken leg with the other hand and you're just wrenching them apart to try to pull apart and have a leg experience separate from a thigh experience. Gotta be careful with that though. And you're just, just trying to get it apart. all the way out. Right, you'll get the thigh bone out of all the thigh meat stuck to the end of the drumstick. Oh, I was thinking the opposite. Sometimes you pull the drumstick right out of the thigh. Either way is not good when the analogy is to my body. <laughs> I felt sure that was gonna happen. I doubt that she could pull it out. I mean it was like, it would, I, I was just having imagery of that Mortal Kombat finishing move where like the guy pulls the head and the spine out of the body. It's like, 
He's gonna pull, she's gonna pull my leg. Did, did you make any grunts or did you make any signals that? I was breathing so heavily hard? that Christy told me afterward that she almost asked me to be quiet. <laughs> like not, she didn't ask you, me, you are you okay? You were ruining her massage. <laughs> she wasn't gonna ask, are you okay? Oh, she was gonna ask, oh. can you be quiet? <laughs> She was like, I could, why were you breathing so loud? I looked over at you, she was like, well, did you see me in my diaper? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were in pain. I love the pain, but I don't know, I gotta go to physical therapy for this thing. It man. still hurts? Yeah, it still hurts. Um, so that's my near death experience, top that. Okay, so because it was snowing so much. The and next time you eat a chicken leg, think of me. And because it was so windy, the top of the mountain was closed uh, for a couple of reasons. like. Uh, they're worried about visibility and avalanches and wind gusts. Like the wind gusts at the top of the mountain were over 50 miles per hour. And so they're very like hesitant to to open up the mountain. But I'm with my friend Ralph who um, is from Switzerland. Yeah, he's Swiss. And so this guy like, what they, they come out of the womb with skis on. You know what I'm saying? Um, they know how to point them. And the, and, Toes first. And it's, dif- it's really difficult if you come out head first and you, then you've got skis on. Yeah. You have to use the forceps. It's very right. difficult. Um, but they, they, they're, they're, they come out of the womb and they just go right down the mountain. They learn to ski before they can walk. And right. so it's a little intimidating. All pregnant women give birth at the top of slopes. Right. Well, you're always on a slope. And so <laughs> the. And I, the cheese is holy. I was a little, I'm a little intimidated. You know me. Like if some well, I know you. You didn't say anything, right? So when Ralph's like, "Oh, they opened up lift so and so," and you're like, and he knows the whole mountain, not saying anything, out and loud, he's like, "You you want to go?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, yeah." You know, I'm not gonna say no, right? Again, there's just something there's something in me that I can't I can't the say chains no. are on the tires. I can't say no. You ask me to you challenge me to do something. I'm gonna get on the lift, even though the whole time I'm thinking I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped for this. Something in I you. don't know what I will encounter at the top because I don't know if you've established it. Not an expert. I don't handle the double black diamonds very well. Well, going all the way to the top gives you much more opportunity to constantly think, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt right. yourself. So, first of all, let me just remind you how cold it was. So, we're talking about like minus 15, minus 20 wind chill because you're getting to the top of the mountain and you got this these wind guts. And I had like fully prepared. I mean, I was like double thermals, and, I, and I'm not talking to like thermals, Walmart thermals. I'm talking about like Patagonia expensive, oh high tech thermals. Bra- stop bragging about all the no, no. equipment you've been buying. I, no, because I'm, I'm explaining how much, how warm I was. It's the type that when you look at the liner, it looks like aluminum foil. In the it. kind that have like special loops for your thumbs to like keep it really tight on your wrist. And then I've got some high tech glove liners underneath my gloves. I have this crazy thing that's, I have a helmet of course, but underneath my helmet, it's a ski mask that magnetically fastens over my face like this and has a little hole for your nose and then the only thing showing is your eyes because it goes up under your helmet and so then there was literally no skin exposed, no skin exposed whatsoever and I'm going up this lift a, what is the logo for douche brand? <laughs> First of all, let me explain. Every single person on the mountain looks like me. So it's I, I wasn't standing okay, out okay. at all. It, when it's this cold, if you don't have the proper equipment, you're going to suffer greatly. Because I was, well, I, you did have, I did have the, the right equipment and I was already freezing. Like with gl- glove liners and gloves, 
by the time I got to the top, it's like I couldn't feel my fingers. Sounds like fun. So we get off at the top and. You hadn't even almost died yet. It has picked, the wind has picked up, the snow has picked up. I could see nothing. Like it was just complete whiteout up there. And like, I'm like, Ralph! Well, they and don't let you back down and like that. <laughs> Continue listening, friend. So we go down and there's this, I get up there and I, at this point I'm like, Ralph, I don't know if I can do this. He's like, ah, just come with me. And we go down this little incline and then we get to a place where we kinda have to make a decision and we're not gonna go down the crazy, crazy, it says experts only. He says, I won't take you down that. We go down, there's another option and I see people going, it hasn't been groomed and it's just like two or three feet of powder and people, People who look like they can ski and snowboard are going off this thing and then immediately just falling into the, the snow and like their skis are going, you know how it is, you were, when, when we were with Eric, your snowboard or your skis get in the powder and then you've gotta have somebody help you out. Yeah. And, it, and I was like, Ralph, if we go this way, I'm gonna be like turning, falling, turning, falling all the way down the mountain. I was like, in an hour and a half, I gotta get Shepard from his lesson because he was doing a lesson that day. I was like, honestly, I don't think it would be wise and I don't wanna do this to you, I want you to enjoy it. So what I'm gonna do, I was like, you go ahead, I'm gonna go, first of all, we're, it's, it, we're, it's like we're on, what's the, the uh, Tatooine? You know, I'm, I'm like yelling, I'm like, I'm gonna go back! Cause it's like the crazy wind and snow. You're talking about Hoth. Hoth, yeah. I was on Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine, Hoth. I had a drink in my hand. And so I walk, I take my skis off and begin walking back up to, and of course, I had skied down to this. I'd probably skied 75 yards, but it takes no time to do that. Walking back up the hill, mm -mm. my boots were going into the snow up to my knees. You, hold on, you were walking back to what? Back to the, to the lift to tell the lift operator I wanna get on the lift and go down the lift to get back oh, down. Oh, good. Good on you. But I start walking back up the hill and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to the lift. That's impossible because the snow is so deep. And then I start breathing so hard that Like I, where was it up to, your knees? Yeah, to my knees. But I kept going. It took a very long time to get back to the lift. And I get to the lift, there's nobody there, but there's a little house with like someone in it, like either the operator or whatever. Are you visibly crying at this point? Because that would help. I'm getting close, well, you can't, but you can't even tell who I am, which at this point, I'm very happy about. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you can't identify me at all. So. I go up to, and first of all, there's so much snow that- You don't care about dying, you really care most about not being identified yeah. while almost dying. You can't even get into the thing, so I'm like waving at this girl who is inside- The cottage. The, the cottage, and she comes out and she opens the door and has this annoyed look on her face, just to, right from the start. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, I think maybe I've gotten in over my head. <laughs> hey. And, and I'm like, my friend taught me to, to come up here and I, I'm not sure I can get down. <laughs> and I love it. And she says, and I'm like, is there any way that I can get on the lift and go back down? And she was like, no. No. And then she slammed the cottage door. And I'm like, but what do I do? And she's like, just go back the way you came and just stay straight. Oh God. Take it slow, you'll be fine. And now I'm like, Ralph is gone. My buddy in the buddy system gone. is gone. 
And so now I'm gonna have to be getting assistance from strangers. And by the way, the wind has picked up. She's like on the radio like saying, we might have to shut it down. Like there's not gonna be anybody to take me down. The, every time people are coming up, they're falling off of the lift because the thing is crazy wind is going. So now I'm thinking, I'm gonna go down the mountain. I'm already freezing. I'm gonna get stuck. I'm going to be a popsicle in the morning. This is it. Yeah, you're gonna be preserved. I, I, I'm going to freeze on top of the mountain. So I go back to where we had to make the decision which way did to you go. Say, did you say thanks? when you? If I almost, at that point again, I'm dealing with my pride the whole time. I'm like I can't, I'm not, you know, but at that point when she's like, you can't do it, you've got to go, I'm like, well I guess I had to do it. At that point there was no option. So I go back and at this point I'm asking everyone to make sure that I, like literally every person, I'm like, do you know the easiest way down? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm confirming like every seven feet, is this the easiest way down? <laughs> And uh, it turns out that the way Ralph went was not the easiest way and I would have been in real trouble if I had gone where he did. And it turned out that there was a slight, the slight incline continued, again I couldn't see. Like you couldn't tell if you were about to go off the side, it was like very, very unsettling. And eventually I got to, uh, through this whiteout area and then got into a place where they had groomed the snow way up the mountain. At that point I was able to uh, to get down. I uh, I survived man. I, I I don't I'm proud of you for you know for for just for saying you know what I need help I can't do this yeah but then I just I don't feel great about what happened because she kind of forced you to push through and I kind of I kind of feel like the best thing for you would have been for her to say something like okay we're gonna take you down you're gonna be safe but we're gonna strip you nude. And we're gonna put a banner on it that says "wuss," and it's and we're gonna we're gonna kind of parade you in front of everybody. Made it like a real painful emotional situation. I feel like this became like a, a triumph that you survive a survival tale. Uh, I wouldn't call it a triumph if you had a see if, if you had a witness that you would not have considered it a triumph. Okay, so you you did learn a lesson. Yeah, I learned I'm not gonna listen to Ralph anymore when oh, he says to yeah. go up this go up the freaking lift in those conditions. But I, He's not but, your friend. But ultimately, I had an incredible time. Uh, the second day, when it let up a little bit, Shepard was done with his lesson, me and him went out. Uh, I got some of that on the Instagram story, shout okay. out Red MC. We're gonna show that in the video version. Got the good stuff. But like, he's getting so much better and he's like fearless and he's, there was so much snow that there was literally, like typically when you go to a, to a California uh, ski resort, there's snow on the on the, like the slope that you're on, but then like in the trees there's not, there was snow on every single square inch of the mountain. You could go absolutely anywhere. Wow. We saw a dude, as we were going up the, the gondola, a guy who had gone down the side of the mountain at the top and gotten stuck on the side of a cliff and his snowboard was like, on two peaks and he was sitting there holding himself up like at the top of a cliff and Ski Patrol was trying to get down there and like lower something to him to bring him back up. Like he had stopped inches short of going over a cliff? Yeah, like 
and dying. People were going everywhere because snow is everywhere and at the top of this mountain, it's like, well, I'm talking like ski, adventure ski, YouTube compilation level mountain at the top of this thing. It's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. Uh, but Shepard's like going into the trees and doing, uh, he's a nut. Listen, it re- he was it, having an incredible time. It reminds me of the pool at this resort I was at. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it that. started really shallow. You're like getting up, it's like, oh, it's just ankle deep. And then all of a sudden I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm like, this is like knee deep. And then all of a sudden, whoa, boom. Over your head. There was a step. Uh-oh. And it was like up to my belly button. I've been in that pool. And then I kept walking and walking, and then before I knew it, bam, I ran smack dab into a bar on the other side of the pool that served drinks. Oh, really? Extreme, man. Extreme oh, stuff. I'm glad you made it out alive. Yeah. Did you get any help? Well, he made the drink for me. Oh, I didn't good, even have to do good. it. And then good. after I drank the drink, I had to I had to walk all the way back. Oh, to you my, couldn't carry the drink through the pool? You couldn't swim with the drink? I just elected to drink it all before I walked back. Oh. The next night we went into um we went into town well in the afternoon and there's this uh restaurant on the beach called it's uh highly recommended called the office. Mm. A beautiful place. Like I mean there's all these seats on the on the sand of the beach and then people are walking by and you're like watching the sunset. It's beautiful. I was like, "Oh, put us right here on the edge of the beach." That's in like downtown Cabo? Yeah. And um I well, missed that place. A, a little bit off of it, a little bit south of like the downtown area. Um Ben recommended it cuz he went down there a few weeks ago. Cuz I would not recommend the restaurant that I went to. Yeah, this one was good. I'll tell you about it. So I'm like, oh, put us right here down at the edge of the beach, like right the first table, because they didn't want to put us there. And it turns out there was a reason. Because once you sit down there, it's like I'm 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 getting a margarita and Christy and I are taking some pictures and lovey doveying on each other, just having a great old time. And I'm looking out at the view, and then all of a sudden people start walking up. Guys, women, kids, selling stuff. Like blocking mm. my view, like cramping my style. Um, and I'm I'm talking cotton candy. You know, I'm, like I'm, I'm at, at a at restaurant. A, I'm at a restaurant, and the dude had like cotton candy, and then there's people with like making bracelets, and and a guy comes up, and he and he and he and he looks at me, and he says, he gave two signals. He said, "Do you want smoke, and or do you want blow?" And he did the thing with his mouth with the smoke, and then he did the thing with his nose for the blow. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but I think I do. And no, we don't. So I didn't, uh, I didn't get any of that. I already have a blow dryer. That's right. Yeah. And I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. It's not good for you. Got both of those things covered. Um, but then somebody came up. This woman came up, and she had all of these like. I thought they were banners because they each said something different. Um, one of them, uh, and then I'm like, I, these are wearable. They're like sashes. You can like buy a sash. And one of them said, butt stuff. <laughs> they said all types of stuff. That's what one of them said. And another one said, uh, bushy bitch. Oh. <clears throat> Almost bought that one. Yeah. I thought that would be funny for my Instagram. But then I'm like, I don't know what that means. I looked on uh, Urban Dictionary and bushy either means stuck up or it could mean stupid. And I 
I didn't really believe that's what it said and I, I like wiped it out of my memory and I texted Christy before we came in here. I was like, what did the banner say? She said, one of them said bushy bitch. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure Maybe that you're not Maybe something got lost reading? in translation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can think of some other things it means. I don't. But it's not the kind of thing you'd want well, that's to what Urban, for. That's, well, I, they were all very irreverent type stuff that like for some reason people would be compelled to buy down like there in king, Cabo. king of butt stuff. I don't. I don't. Like, do, they, do they give you a crown with it? <laughs> There's the king of butt stuff. <laughs> I wonder if he wants to blow. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting place down there, man. Yeah, it is. I didn't. Typically, I didn't. I just wanted him to move. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm. I eating. am. I'm currently buying something, man. Right. Like, I'm, I am in the process of buying something. Don't I, sell me something else right now. I would still recommend the restaurant, but I wouldn't recommend going all the way down to the beach. Yeah. And then I remembered Ben warned me about that. But I was so enamored by the beach that I forgot that. Yeah. Even they didn't want to sit, see me. And they that. know that. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. Um, Bushy B. I, I'll, I'll say uh, one of one last thing about the, the the trip to Mammoth, and that is we're trying to figure out what to do in the evenings. You know, the the slopes close at like four or four thirty. Sun goes down pretty early. We would go out to eat right after that, um, and. You know, it's our t two families kind of kind of hanging out. So there's like nine of us total. May I recommend butt stuff? <laughs> you can recommend it, but I'll, uh, I'm not going to take that recommendation. And I'm not trying to be weird. I don't even know what that means. It's just on a banner in Cabo, That's man. Clear. So I was like, "What are we going to do?" And I, I I think it may have been. Oh, we were on. Uh, we went on Netflix trying to figure out what we're going to to watch. Now you got it. And uh, they were promoting Monty Python and the Holy Grail, or it was like coming up and suggested based on whoever's profile it was that we were using, which was the person who had stayed there before us, or maybe the owner. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, when you log in, and you're like, who who's watching? Kurt, Susan, Bill, <laughs> none none of the above. <laughs> but we'll pick Kurt. <laughs> Kurt with a K because that's risky. We're gonna screw Kurt's watching history up. <laughs> Uh, but Ralph was like, hey, "Let's watch, let's let's watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the kids and see how the humor translates." Yeah, which I thought was an excellent idea. Yeah, you're talking British. You're also talking like this is '70s. Yeah, 1974, I believe. Yeah. So, teenage kids go upstairs immediately out. Oh, a little disappointed, but so now we have we've got the younger kids. Jesse's not in there. Uh, Jesse doing and, more reading. Jesse and Heather are kind of half watching, but also like on on the internet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of doing that thing. Yeah, but Ralph and I, and then Shepard and Ian, uh, are all committed to Monty Python, and I'm watching them watch it because I've seen this movie several times. I'm reminded when I watch it just how a how funny it is, b how. It could never be made today. <laughs> it's, it's irreverent. It's very irreverent. I mean, I, politically I, incorrect. I don't. I've not watched it all in one sitting. I've seen many scenes from well, it. It's I, we, the next night we watched Life of Brian, which is significantly more irreverent and politically incorrect. It was made in '79, so um, you know, uh, and I, I'm not sure when the other one was made, but because um, there's like three in that series, right? But anyway. Um, they the kids like 
we're like looking at each other, giggling, laughing, like all the you know the talk about the you know the African uh, swallow or the European swallow, and all, all these. First of all, you just remember how many things in comedy are kind of based on the way that these guys thought, yeah, and the way they presented things. How many memes there are based on this, hmm. and just especially the Holy Grail is just this this scene after scene that you could sort of see the way that they. Th- they thought about this, like we're gonna go and then there's gonna be this interaction which is based on this that we think will be funny, the knights who say neep or whatever and like very simple devices that were just kind of run into the ground in very satisfying ways. The kids were completely into it the whole time which was crazy to me. And But then we watched The Life of Brian the next night and they had pushed, the, they had pushed things a little bit further by the time mm-hmm. uh, Life of Brian came out and so uh, sort of inadvertently showed uh, our youngest kids a naked woman uh, on screen for the oh, first time. Okay. So well, the, g- gave them that experience. Your Swiss friend, I'm sure, didn't care. No, of In course Switzerland, not. Switzerland. Everybody's naked there, so right. it wasn't a big deal. Uh, but a lot she, of snow and a lot of nakedness, it doesn't add up. But uh, there's this moment where, you know, Brian's <laughs> girlfriend, uh, not really a girlfriend, just sort of a hookup is really how I would describe it. Uh, is is naked, and uh, I and we I saw it, and I was like, you know, I'm how do I react in this moment? Like, because I could do the thing where I act like, oh, Shepherd, cover your eyes, which in my mind is communicating, oh, there's a woman's body, you should be afraid of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not gonna do that. This is I'm not gonna overreact. So I just kind of sat there and I just sort of <laughs> looked at him. <laughs> You looked at him. I just looked at him, and uh, he had this. He just had this smile on his face, like, <laughs> like a guilty smile, like, Whoop. like I know I'm not supposed to see that. <laughs> and then it was over before he knew it. And um, the next day, I, um, I asked him what he thought about it, <laughs> and uh, he was like, "It was weird." I was like, "Okay." The whole movie or that moment. That moment. Oh, um, but anyway, they thought they, they actually. If you're if you're going to watch one of them with your small children, I I might recommend <laughs> the Holy Grail instead of Life of Brian. Life of Brian also is just um, uh, a little more. The, the The jokes are not as simple. You know, it's it's yep. a, it's a it's a. Well, I don't know because I haven't on, seen on all a of different it. level. But it rem- you know. Uh, Shepard got Lando to watch a movie that then we left your house so we couldn't finish watching. So uh, yesterday morning, I, in order to get him to leave without the movie being over, I told him that I'd watch it with him. And it was the Pink Panther. Original. No, not the original, that was with Peter Sellers. This was Pink Panther with Steve Martin, Steve Martin yeah. which is a remake uh, from the 90s. I had never seen it. But, but it's, I, it's since been remade again, right? I don't know. But he, 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 he came up first thing in the morning, got in the bed with me and Christy, and he looks at me and he's like, "You ready to watch the movie?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did promise that." So like first thing, oh, to finish the movie? yesterday morning. No, we started it over. And uh, have you seen it? I, I'm not sure. It was really funny, man. I mean, I I've been deprived of a lot of comedy, and I realized that like, I just. I didn't think I would find it funny because it's like a lot of slapstick and it's very, but there's a whole layer of smart baked into how this thing was written. Now, it only got 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, but you know what? 
I'm taking back what I said. When it comes to comedy, probably horror too, it's not reliable. I think that mm. at least the first half of that movie is, 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 if you're in the right frame of mind and you take it for what it is, it is very funny. It is very smart the way that they have executed something that is so, uh, uh, well not stupid but oblivious, this character. Very funny man, I highly recommend it. We had a blast, the two of us just cackling. And I, I so I'll credit Shepard for that. Oh he's a great, he's he a great, loved that great movie. Critic, critic. Um, 2006, thanks Jenna, so yeah, it came uh, out two, so, so yeah, not even in the 90s. There was a sequel that we haven't watched yet but maybe we'll watch that. That's not our recommendations though. Should we should we go to that? Let's put a capper on what we've learned from our vacations. Fire and ice. Uh, I, I'll Check say, your ego at the door. Well, again, my mission, your mission was to relax. My mission was, was to prepare for uh, a longer trip and I was a little bit worried about like, you know, it was so cold, it was difficult conditions, great conditions but difficult conditions. Is Shepard going to be you know, kids at that age, they can go one of two ways. They can sort of recoil from it and sort of go into themselves and then you're like, oh crap, I've already paid for this week-long vacation in Colorado and now I'm the only one that wants to do it. When we left the mountain on the last day, Shepard was like, do we have to leave? One more run, Dad. And yep. so he's on board. He was, that, the, he was the one that I was worried about, right? That, that's good, I mean, you did sweeten the deal with the topless woman. Right, now he just thinks that every time we go to the mountains, we ski during the day and then we watch naked ladies at night and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to, you know, correct that vision. I feel like there's some things that have been discussed in this episode that we're gonna have to apologize for, but not. Um and what and what did I you didn't learn? buy the banner. You're, you're not a bushy bitch. <laughs> I I might be. Still don't know Maybe what it saying means. saying no to the banner makes you a bushy bitch. <laughs> right. Um did you learn anything else? No. I just learned what happened with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rex in effect, check baby, check baby, one, two, three, four, check baby, I've got check a wreck. baby, one, two. Check, I've got a wreck. Baby, check, baby, I watched uh, during the probably 20 hours of flight that we that we took uh, to and from London, um, I watched the entire Waco series. Waco, Texas. So it's, it's town. A, it's on, uh, I think it's on Paramount, like pa the Paramount Network? Which a lot of people don't have, but they're they're trying some things, you know. They're trying to establish themselves. This is the Branch Davidians. Um, what what? Well, they don't call themselves a cult, but well, that's what the U.S. government. Well, they they were definitely call themselves they were a definitely cult. a cult. So you remember David Koresh, the Branch Davidians, early '90s. There was a. How many days would you have said that the standoff between the Branch Davidians and the government was? Because you remember we were in high school at the time. I remember hearing about it on the news, but what was your guess? They How talked about it a long time, but I, I mean, I'm just gonna guess seven days. 50 days. 50 days. Maybe 51 days. There was a standoff and it was a really interesting time. First of all, you know, I think that back in the, the let me just say that Taylor Kish, or however you say his name, of Friday Night Lights fame. Uh, Riggs. Plays. David Koresh and he's excellent. He's really, really good, very compelling. And there's other, like uh, kind of a who's who of like 
sort of supporting actors from other shows. I'm like, glad he did good because he did bad. I mean, well, he was in that Disney movie that cost a whole lot of money. Oh, that was a little bit of an embarrassment. And that, yeah, that kind of. But he was great in this, showed a lot of versatility. It's very difficult to be like taken seriously and like to be this like compelling character with a mullet in that way and he just kind of nailed it. Um, and, uh, but like the 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 side piece from, um, House of Cards, like Claire Underwood's side piece, that guy was in it, and then Supergirl was in it, then the, the blonde curly-headed girl from Ozark. It's just, there's just a lot of people, you're like, oh, that guy from that, that girl from this. And um, I thought they did it, I, I, I really enjoyed it because I like the historical aspect, but the interesting thing about it is that there's the story that the FBI and the ATF kind of put out about what happened, which is the story that as a, kid in the 90s listening to the news you get the F, you get the government story and i'm not much of a conspiracy theorist as much as i like to say things like finland doesn't exist for funsies on gmm i'm really not really prone to believe conspiracies but it's interesting because the whole series is from the perspective of the fbi negotiator who basically got kicked off of the job uh towards the end and uh a guy named david thibodeau who was one of the cult members who got out and kind of made it out of this thing alive. Mm -hmm. And basically it's like you heard that this was all the stuff that was happening, but this is our perspective on what happened. So I'm sure that it's biased and I'm sure that it's not true, 100% true, but you've got sort of the government story and then you've got the Branch Davidian story. And it's just very interesting to see that perspective. You're like, oh, this kind of makes me, I wonder what actually went down. Um, but I recommend it, it's only six episodes. So it's one of those things that you, there's not too much of a commitment to just see the story played out uh, and it's well executed. So are you a Branch Davidian now? No, I'm definitely not a Branch Davidian. David Koresh was very whack and did a bunch of really ridiculous uh, things, uh, but I, I don't necessarily think that uh, they should have been you know, executed by the government. Mm. That's the wreck for this week. Yeah. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know what you think about I don't know, chains on tires. Anything else that you wanna you wanna throw out there at us, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, and you know what, you can count on us to speak at you next week. Mm. Most likely about our experience in London. We learned a lot, we experienced a lot. We shared it with each other, but now we need to share it with you. <laughs>